Happy Thursday, Holy Family. Thank you for tuning in to Positively Family, your weekly podcast for information and fun. If you are ever not 100% sure if we are highfalutin, well, let me tell you, we are falutin way up there, and we are joined today by none other than the Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Dubuque, Mrs. Kim Hermson, will be joining us. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go! Happy Friday, everybody. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today. It is a special show. They're all special. Uh, but today we are going to be joined by Kim Hermson, the superintendent of Catholic schools. Man, uh, I'm not just saying this because she's my boss's boss. She's fantastic. Uh, very, very smart. Um, just incredible skill set. So we're really fortunate to have her. So I hope you'll listen um, so you can get to know a little bit about her and what she does and how she supports schools. I hope you'll find it interesting. If you love Catholic schools anywhere near as much as I do, I think you'll enjoy that piece. I do apologize for uh, the audio factor. Um, I have managed to misplace my microphone. Uh, we have a really nice uh, microphone that we use for our podcast, especially for recording when there's more than one person in the room and we're wearing masks and we're at a distance. It, it helps, you know, the sound quality. So um, I will have to find another one or go buy a new one because the, the last one is gone. And so I apologize for that piece, but um, hopefully that's the least spooky, scary thing happening with the podcast today. And we're just going to have a, uh, a great time really uh, sharing with you the newsletter and chatting with Kim and having a little bit of fun with her with the game at the end. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into the buzz. So this is the buzz. We'll walk you through here just to let you know what's going on in the Holy Family Happenings newsletter. Again, please oh, read it every week. Tell your friends. Uh, it's important. This is where we put all the most important things. Um, and speaking of important things, one really cool thing that we are offering right now is a free course for four families from Holy Family. It's being offered to us by Top 20 Training and specifically from David Walsh. Those of you who uh, do any sort of work um, uh, with schools have heard of David Walsh, and um, many of you just from parenting know of his work. He's an internationally known speaker. He's absolutely fantastic. He's a great speaker, too. If you ever get the chance to hear David Walsh speak, please uh, jump on that. Uh, but he uh, it works with Top 20 Training. Um, he and the, the founder of Top 20, Paul Burnaby, have been friends for a long time, and they're offering uh, a free course that people can take. I just need to know... Um, as soon as you can let me know. So if you can let me know sometime next week, um, we will uh, give those four families' names to top 20, and you can take these free – I say course, but it's just a, a um, like a self-guided kind of thing. Um, so I, I would just – I'll probably do it myself unless four of you do it. Um, and I'll, I'll pass your names along to Kevin at top 20, and then you can jump in there and, uh, and take those. One is called Connecting – I'm sorry, Connected – Parenting in the Digital Age, so that's to focus on the latest insight and effective practices for digital age parenting. So it gives three modules, or sparks as they call them, uh, that deliver science and strategy around key parenting challenges um, You know, with all the, all the digital whatnot. And then the other course you could do is, why do they act that way? And these are proven strategies to understand and stay connected to your teen. Um, so... Good stuff. Uh, the latter would certainly be directed more toward our LaSalle families, but um, 
please uh, let me know if you're interested in those and let me know this week and I will uh, let Kevin know and you can jump on that. Holy Family News, uh, St. Jude Church is going to be a voting site. So on November 3rd, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. So be really, really careful during pickup and drop-off, please, as there will be more people here than usual. And just a thank you to all the folks who helped um, come to conferences. That was we, we always shoot for 100%. We were really close this year, and maybe we can get caught up in the next week here and have a conference with every family. Thank you for doing that. The, the connection between school and um, and families is, is hard to overstate. So thank you for taking the time for that. We hope you found those as worthwhile as we did. And thank you to the Fillinworths, Legrands, Kalinoffs, Wades, Scalas, Brunzes, Zerbies, uh, Jamie Larson, uh, the Armstrongs, and the Geeseys for uh, helping with uh, food for conferences. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we were well fed and we really appreciate it. Uh, the Parent Association has some news there for you, uh, updating you on the three fundraisers for this year. It will look differently. So next week we will kick off the Steam Engine fundraiser. Um, and then uh, we'll be doing Hy-Vee coupon books in the winter um, in January. And then we'll do the Walkathon fundraiser in the spring because we're really hoping to do an actual Walkathon. And so this year with everything that's going on in the fall was going to be too hard, but hopefully by spring either things will have changed enough or we will have learned enough that we can go ahead and do the Walkathon. So please uh, support all three of those. The PA does a whole bunch of things for us for social events, for fundraisers, and things to support the staff. And we really appreciate them. So please help support those. We need everybody on board with that. And then I just mentioned the Steam Engine fundraiser. There is a blurb in here about that. Kicks off this upcoming Thursday. You're going to be sent home a golden ticket from your kiddos. Um, we want you to complete that. Um, the instructions is all you have to do. You don't have to make any phone calls. Um, They'll get a lot more detail soon, but the idea is they're going to be doing the fundraising for us, essentially. Then we've mentioned before, there's a Scholastic Book Fair right now that's going to raise money for uh, the Media Center. And so uh, the Book Fair will be open from October 23rd, so it's already open, obviously, until November 5th, next Thursday. And the links are in the newsletter for St. Jude and for LaSalle so that you can support both libraries or Media Centers. Then there's an update on script as per usual. The next script order will be Monday, November 2nd at 9 a.m. So that's the next script order. I gotta get my grocery thing taken care of there because that's how I get uh, discounts on my groceries and support Holy Family at the same time. And then Holy Family Life Touch uh, Picture Retake Day. Uh, packages were given to LaSalle students a couple weeks ago and then elementary students um, last Friday. There were a few issues with pictures in the elementary. I think LaSalle was all good. So we are fixing, uh, figuring that out with Love Touch, with Life Touch, so everyone gets the correct pictures ordered. Thank you for your understanding and patience. Uh, I, I know the office staff uh, at St. Jude has been working hard on that to get that straightened away. We would love a volunteer to help with bus maintenance. That's our last Holy Family bit of news. If you or someone you know can help with that, uh, please talk to Wayne Cook, wcook at holyfamilycr.org. In our middle school, First Friday Mass and Adoration kicks up again. Uh, this is an invitation to anybody. It happens at LaSalle, but anybody is welcome to come join us. Mass will be at 9.30 a.m. on Friday in the chapel, and then adoration will follow from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. We do need people who can come and hang out with uh, the Blessed Sacrament in our chapel for one-hour time slots, um, anytime between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. next Friday. Pray for whatever you like in there. You can journal, you can pray, you can read um, a spiritual book, you can pray a rosary, you can just sit there and adore. Um, but we need people to sign up for those uh, shifts between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Then I think I mentioned last week, 8th grade Discover Xavier Night. 
is coming up. You can do either night, but there is a night for uh, LaSalle and St. Joe's families. That is Tuesday, November 17 at 7 p.m. Uh, so you can check that out. There's links there for more information. And then information from the elementary, um, the most important one, um, we, we're having more and more kids coming without masks on, and we're running out of our uh, extras to hand out. So please, please, please remember to send your kiddo with a mask on. Um, it's got to be part of our new normal. Maybe just stash a bunch extra in your glove box in your car um, so that the kiddos always have them. So please do that. Maybe throw one in their coat pocket, that sort of thing. It'd be really, really helpful. And I think that's our only Holy Family news. We really want to make sure you get that. Of course... Um, with cold weather upon us, uh, send the kids wearing warm clothes. That goes for LaSalle, too. We are really going to try to make sure the kids get outside every day, if at all possible. And then as far as Xavier news, um, the only new one is that there is a Xavier football playoff game tonight. That is against my alma mater, the Golden Eagles of Wallert High School. But i got to say, I'm cheering for the Saints. Um, that's where my wife is now, and my uh, firstborn is a freshman, so go Saints. Uh, nothing but love for you, Wallert, but got to cheer for my Saints now. Uh, Xavier Football defeated Marion last Friday. They kind of slobber-knockered them, 45-8, I think it was. Um, so they're moving on to the third round of the IHSAA playoffs, and they host Wallert Catholic um, tomorrow night, Friday the 30th, at Saints Field. Kickoff is at 7, and same mitigation pieces are in place as usual. 400 general admission tickets is all that's out there. Tickets are 8 bucks for everybody at the gate. Um, so I think that's about all we got from the newsletter. Do, you know, do read on. Um, there's simple ways to raise money. Uh, the, the simplest one that I got to really promote, and I, I would love it if you would share, is Amazon Smile. Um, especially now with COVID, everyone's doing their shopping online for the holidays. Um, if your family uh, is like mine at all, you do a lot of Amazon shopping even in October, November, getting ready for the holidays. Um, I like to, if at all possible, have all the holiday shopping done before Advent. Um, and if I'm being honest, my wife does almost all of our holiday shopping for us because she's the bomb. Uh, but Amazon Smile is the easiest, easiest, easiest way to raise money, and we can make a lot for the school that way. So please consider doing that. Uh, now, without further ado, I'm really excited for this interview. I apologize again for the poor audio quality um, that we were dealing with, but we were masked for the interview. But I, um, I hope you'll enjoy listening to this interview with uh, Catholic Archdiocese of Dubuque Superintendent Kim Hermson. Oh, who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, say, who are the people in your neighborhood, the people that you meet each day? All right, well, one of the most esteemed people in our neighborhood, um, and, and in this case, we're going to have to make the case that our neighborhood is bigger than, um, you know, part of Cedar Rapids, but the Archdiocese of Dubuque, uh, Kim Hermson, we're, we're so um, honored and humbled, Kim, to have you here on the um, Positively Family podcast with us here um, this week. Thanks for joining us and making some time. I know your schedule is packed. Oh, no problem at all. Thank you so much for inviting me, Zach. So glad to be here. Yeah, no, this will be fun. Um, and we will um, hopefully play a game a little bit later. Um, I don't know if I told you about that part of the show yet. But no. <laughs> that's the part that gets usually get nervous about, but it's the most fun part. Actually, last night I was chatting with, I don't know, four or five of our teachers um, when conferences had slowed down a little bit. And they were talking about, um, oh, it's really scary at first, but then as soon as you start going, it's just fun. And then you play a game, and the games are fun. Um, so I didn't tell you about that part yet, but um, we'll get to that in good time. Um, but would you just tell us, uh, Kim, a little bit kind of about you? I mean, just you as a person, and then we'll dig into a little bit of the superintendent role. Sure, you bet. Um, well, I live in Louisiana. 
the envy of Iowa. It's the envy of Iowa. <laughs> and a little known fact about me is my husband was the mayor for 10 years. Mm -hmm. He just completed that. So I used to be the first lady of Nubia. So that's my uh, claim to fame there. But no, I live in a small town that. north of Dyersville. Um, I'm originally from Dubuque, and so I went to Resurrection Elementary School in Dubuque. And I'm a graduate of Wallert uh, High School. And uh, met my husband, and uh, we have... Um, you mean at Wallert? Uh, no, okay. no. Actually, I met him at a wedding. Oh. Uh, yes, I was a bridesmaid, and he was a groomsman. Oh, my gosh. That's and, like the classic... Well, and right? and he wasn't able to make it to the rehearsal dinner, so I literally met him at the altar, on the altar of the Basilica in Dyersville. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so it's divine intervention. So that's awesome. Uh, with that. But my husband and I, uh, we've lived in Louisiana uh, for the past 29 years uh, that we've been married, and we have a set of twins, Luke and Lindsay. And I don't know they, if I knew they were twins. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, one is five foot four and one is six foot five. That's right. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. yeah. So, um, but our twins just turned 45, and um, so they are both grown and out of the house, and my husband and I are empty nesters. And you have a twin with a comic value news coming up. Yes. Um, well, it's, I think it's a well, I don't think it's a secret anymore, but she just found out well, last we, we week. We can keep it quiet if you want. Oh, no, no, no. No, okay. no that's fine. So excited. Uh, we, our, our daughter is an ICU nurse in a COVID unit in the largest hospital in Wisconsin. And uh, But she just was accepted to grad school last night. Uh, uh, yay! That's my inner one. <laughs> uh, so we're so excited. So she's going to become a nurse practitioner. So. Awesome. So then there will be a Dr. Hermsten, which was how I initially addressed you when I first met you. That's, that's right. <laughs> That's right. You have a lot of accolades. That doesn't happen to be one of them. <laughs> I just embarrassed myself. Um, and now everybody knows. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what a superintendent does? Like this sure. morning, uh, we were leaving the house, and I wanted to get here to, you know, chicken scratch a couple of notes for our chat. Um, and <laughs> I said to my kids, like, we've got to go. I can't be late today. I have some work to do before my first meeting. And they're like, what's so big about your first meeting? It's a superintendent. What's that? And then I go, that's dad's boss's boss. She's in charge of all the principals. Get to school. Oh, but that's what you do. You bet. Well, oftentimes my mom asks me, and she'll say to me, I still don't understand what your job is. And it's hard because being a superintendent, um, I oversee 46 schools in uh, a 30-county area. And... It's not a traditional superintendent role like a public school superintendent would be, where you're physically right there and you might have five or ten buildings. I have 46 buildings <laughs> scattered all over northeast Iowa, so I can't physically be there. But I'll, I'll explain to my mom that we actually have um, these 46 schools, so I have about 60 administrators, about 50 priests, and about 35 board chairs. Wow. So it's roughly 150 or so people, and so I'm their phone a friend. So, you are. You've been my phone a friend many a time. <laughs> <laughs> so I spend a lot of time in my car through COVID, um, but I spend a lot of time on the phone and on Zoom, and I do a ton of coaching behind the scenes, whether it's a pastor, a board chair, or an administrator. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. You've got a lot of coaching with me. That is a really broad scope of what you do. I mean, there's a lot of... Because I know anytime that Kathy Walt, the associate super that works with the school here in Cedar Rapids, anytime she is, you know, taking a short vacation or doing from the family or sick, whatever, she lets us know to call you and you pick up like that and you can help me with anything from I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So so many facets to, to what you're doing. Um, would you give us just a, a short timeline then of how, how it was that you ended up? You probably, you know, not not a lot of little boys and girls thinking, I want to be a superintendent of Catholic <laughs> school when I grow up. 
Um, so how was it that you uh, yeah. came here? Give us a timeline if you would. Sure, you bet. Well, I wanted to be a teacher ever since I was a little girl before I even went to school. So um, that's a, a pretty common story for mm -hmm. people. Um, so I became a teacher, and I was a public school teacher for 10 years. And my husband and I, uh, I'm a Wallet grad, he's a Beckman grad, and when we had our children, we of course wanted them to go to Catholic school. There was no doubt. And I'm like, if that's what I want for them, then that's what I should be looking for. Same. Um, I hear that. Yeah. So, um, and I actually got a degree being in uh, an administration, not because I was never going to be a Catholic school principal. I actually was going to be a curriculum coordinator. Okay. Um, and I always, one of my favorite phrases is, we make plans and God laughs. Uh, yep. And so um, I uh, actually became a Catholic school principal um, and did that for 15 years and loved doing that. Um, some of the biggest highlights of my career came during that time, including building Monticelli Catholic Middle mm -hmm. School uh, in awesome. Dubuque. And literally, um, I was driving down the highway one day um, picking up my son from, from work, and I got a phone call, and it was the Archbishop's office, and uh, they asked me if I'd be an RCB superintendent. So it was literally wow. um, being called um, out of the blue. Wow. That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned a, a highlight was building Mata Kelly, mm -hmm. um, which is awesome. Mata Kelly, that was a Dominican? Yes. Okay. Yes, Father Monticelli, he was, uh, he came from Italy, and he Sounds established like Catholic. Monticelli. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He established uh, the first Catholic schools in the area. Okay. Yeah, so great role model for kids, um, and I uh, majored in middle school education, so although I love pre-K and early childhood to 12th grade, middle school has always had a special place in my heart. Yeah, and that, that there is a, that's a special calling. It is. <laughs> I'm always so humbled when you know when we're interviewing somebody here, um, and you talk about obviously you want to hear them say they love something about the curriculum, science or religion, whatever it is. You want to hear them say how much they love that. But you've got to hear them talk about how much they love kids, and to hear somebody be able to articulate why they love 13 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, love oh, that. Oh, they are. They're they're awesome. And like I said, I love infants through 12th grade, and I now oversee all. But middle school will always have a special place in my heart, and. Um, they just have such a great sense of humor, and it's so awesome in the middle school to see their academic, spiritual, physical growth mm -hmm. uh, that takes place in those three or four years. Yeah, there's a ton of neuroplasticity at that age, right? There is. Um, there is. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually, I love Dominicans. Um, so when I first heard about the middle school years ago when it was being built, I was like, oh, Kelly. And then my mom explained to me, oh, the Dominican, and yeah. I, I love Dominicans. Good, um, good folks. Um, did you have a, a, a hand in the meeting? Um, actually, I'm not uh, curious how the conversation. Sure, happened. you got. There's actually an archdiocesan policy that when there's a new building, okay. uh, the name needs to be religious, obviously, okay. and um, that the roof that is building the building needs to set forth three names for the archbishop to be oh. the final selection. Oh, I think I've heard this. <laughs> and what was really unique is at that time, um, Archbishop um, Thomas. Mm -hmm. His, uh, one of his, the main people that worked for him was a Dominican sister. And so he was very familiar with Samuel Monticelli, Father Monticelli. Mm. He knew that he had been at a, uh, um, he was a venerable Father Monticelli starting through that process to hopefully ultimately become a saint. He's not at that stage yet, but we hope that that will happen. Yeah. Um, so we involved the students from all the elementary schools that were going to be middle schoolers, and they, um, 
they uh, came up with lots of different names, and then we came up with finalists, and then they all researched and they did presentations. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. But um, actually, uh, Archbishop Thomas is the one who made the, um, the final decision. And then we had an assembly with all the soon-to-be middle schoolers, and um, actually it was announced at an assembly with Archbishop there. And we had a big, huge sign and unrolled. It was really cool. Well done. You thought of, as per usual, you thought of everything. Oh, God. Can't take all the credit. That's really, really cool. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, what would you say, um, I, have, I have a couple of questions getting into, like, darker topics, you know, direct show and COVID and things. Yeah. But before we go into that, because I think it's important, um, what just what would be a highlight of your superintendency? Oh, God. And this is not an end of career conversation, by the way. You're not allowed, <laughs> you're not allowed to retire. Um, yeah, I love to be a principal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't become a superintendent because I didn't love being a principal. Yeah. And I think that that really helps because I really describe my job as a coach of administrators. And yeah. so I have walked in their shoes. And so, like, the best part is really being on the phone, being in meetings with administrators to help them, you know, either deal with a difficulty that they're dealing with or stretch them with an idea, coaching them behind the scenes. And so it's that ability to make an impact in the lives of students and families through their administrator and just really being there as a mentor or some of support for the administrator. Because it's a tough, tough job. And oftentimes it's lonely. Many of my schools, there's only one administrator. There might not be an assistant principal or anybody else. And so that's really um, what I love, love about my job. Well, and I I thought about you and and, uh, I work pretty close with Kathy Waltz as well. And I thought about you and the associate supers and just thinking, you know, you said to us, hey, what you do is, is lonely work. It's, it's really hard. Thank you for supporting your teachers, um, but know that we support you and we want to do what we can for you. So we're hearing that from you. And then I think to myself, who's telling you that? <laughs> who's telling you, hey, we know your work is lonely? Because um, you have the, the adage is, you know, maybe true, it's lonely at the top. And like, you're, I don't know, about five or six and five schools on here. So um, I, I hope that you feel lots of support from various places and yeah. other principals. Appreciate the work that you do because yeah. none of us want the job. Oh, good. <laughs> um, but would you tell us? I mean, just looking at um, COVID and the retro, uh, gosh, February and March of 20, you know, last school year, at the end of last school year, seems so far away. And somehow we're still actually kind of in the same really long chapter, it almost feels like. Like that, 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 that chapter is still ongoing, so it hasn't reached a a closure point of sorts yet. I'm curious if, and I don't know how I would answer this myself, so I'm just curious though, if you feel like you're at a point where you have a perspective where you can look back at spring of 20, um, you know, with the COVID, this somewhat novel thing at that point. I remember we were talking about the novel virus, right? <laughs> it's no longer novel. It is. Uh, it's been around too long already. And then same thing with the retro. Um, I mean, you were meeting with us, if I can paint a picture for listeners, we met at um, Principal Brian O'Donnell's driveway a couple of times and just sat, you know, all <laughs> spread out in lawn chairs in his driveway. And you came, you drove uh, from Louisiana to meet with us or from the youth maybe to meet with us and for a couple of hours just planning, what are we doing? You know, are we closing schools for a few days? Or um, So are you are you able in, in some sense to look back at either of those or both of those? Or does it still feel like we're in those? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much I could say about um, COVID and, you know, knowing that we're in it seven months already and, you know, um, so much has happened, so much has transpired. 
And yet, we're, it's not done. It's not over. Right. Um, and just driving down here this morning, I was listening to the news and talking about predictions of how long, you know, that significant accommodations are going to continue to have to be made. Yeah. I guess I would say is that, you know, this is one of those things none of us have experienced before. It's unprecedented time. And the level of flexibility, ability to pivot, ability <laughs> to change course, I'm just so incredibly proud of my administrators. Um, because when you look back, I think what I'm just really struck with is at every step, we made the best decision we could with the information we had. Right, right. And oftentimes, we were making decisions without a lot of information right. or conflicting information. <laughs> um, and so I would say, you know, administratively, um, I had a binder that I literally carried around with me every single second with the latest guidance we were give, getting yeah. and yeah. we were giving. And I chuckled to myself because when I text the car today, I did not bring the binder (laughs) (laughs) with that. So I just say, I think my perspective is a lot of energy was spent um, on people that thought maybe um, their administrators were underreacting or overreacting. And I think, you know, those those are small pockets of both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the bulk of parents, have just been so happy that our yep. schools have been able to be offer in-person instruction. Um, in fact, I was on a, a long call with the um, NCEA and USCCB yesterday and talking about, you know, 85% of Catholic schools across the nation are offering in-person instruction. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so glad that all 46 of ours have been able um, to do that. So I think, you know, making the best decisions we could, knowing that information, and it continues to be ever-changing. Right. Yep. Um, sometimes frustrating, you know, when you're getting different guidance from yep. different national groups or state groups yep. or things. But how I'm just so proud of our administrators, how they have kept the focus, the safety and well-being of kids and families, and also that, that social-emotional need um, for communities, and yet yep. the importance of academics, all wrapped up with our Catholic identity, and um, and that's what we're all about. So that ability to teach our Catholic identity, our uh, mission, worship, community service, all wrapped into everything that we do. And then compound it in this area with a derecho. I I think if I had to reflect on derecho, when I drove in today, I came in on um, Mount Vernon Road, and you could, there's a a big area where they have all the mulch trees, and you could just smell the trees, mm-hmm. and then as I went by the cemetery that's there kind of by uh, Mercy Hospital, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think maybe my reflection of the ratio isn't quite as solidified yet because I feel like we're still in that. Mm-hmm. When you look at the amount of devastation mm-hmm. and the economic impact for families, yeah. it's just, I think sometimes COVID, I, I live and breathe every minute, and then when you see the ratio damage, it's just like, I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I, I will say my experience, um, in the, just at, you know, at Holy Family, has been very much kind of how you colored that. Um, there are folks who have felt like we overreacted on the on, on other side, um, and there are feelings there. Uh, but I, the vast majority of our families are saying, "Wow, the teachers are really putting everything together," um, and just kind of appreciating everything that is being done to keep the kids happy, healthy, and holy, um, safe. You know, and just moving things forward as much as we can. And just Pivoting, like mm-hmm. focus on the mission, focus on our goals. We're gonna have to get there a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. It, I, I really appreciate that. I know um, I want to chat about just a couple more things here before we <laughs> have some fun. A big piece of your job is FTO, 
Yeah. Uh, and that's a huge piece of Holy Family. I mean, there are so many of our families, many of our listeners um, who, you know, receive STO every year. Thank God. Um, it was interesting this year, uh, just there were so many, I mean, I should say last year and this year, just different changing pieces to STO. But would you explain um, in a couple of strokes about what uh, STO is and, you know, how that's how that looks differently this year. If there's anything you want to, maybe you want to make a plea or encourage people sure. or something. Yeah, please. Yeah. So the school tuition organization is a way to support um, families with tuition assistance. And uh, this past year, in, well, this current school year, we gave um, out over $5 million. Wow. And that went to 40% of our students. So when you think about 40% of students getting over $5 million, it's crucial. It's so important. The STO really has two sides to it. I run the application side, so in January the application will open up. Any families that are under 400% of the poverty rate can fill out that application. That will be due April 15th with your tax return. So that's what I spend a lot of my time working on. However, right now we are uh, deep in the fundraising side. So we have to raise those funds, and how we raise those funds is people donate to the, the program, and they get a 65% tax credit. And sometimes people don't understand this because it seems too good <laughs> to be true. Really it, it's not a tax deduction, it's a tax credit. So literally, um, people that might donate $1,000 to the STO program, they will get a physical certificate worth $650 to apply towards their taxes. Right. So for every $1,000 that someone gives in a situation like that, it's really costing $350 out of their pocket but they're giving $1,000 worth of tuition assistance for kids uh, in Catholic schools within the Archdiocese. So right now, we need to raise $6.4 million by the end of the school year. And the reason it's $6.4 million is because we had worked uh, down in Des Moines legislatively advocating for an increase in tax credit. Yep. So um, as of last week, we were at about 20% of that goal. Um, we know that most of the fund, most of the money rolls in in November and December, mm -hmm. obviously, because people are writing those checks. That, um, so just the plea I would have is to consider a gift to the STO program. And if you are a family that's received STO and benefited from that, if you're ever willing to let people know that, um, you know, it's, it's often hard to have people share that information. Sure. But I think that's really powerful because this is about families being empowered to select a tool that meets the best needs, to fit, fit the needs of their individual child. And so anything that we can do to support our families is really what STO is about. So if you're interested in applying, the application will open up again after January 1st. But right now the plea is for everyone to really be talking up the STO program. And um, we have a long ways to go, and we just know how critically important that is for families. Hugely important. And we have a website, uh, ourfaithsto.org. There you go. Uh, yeah, if anybody listening ever wants to give a, a testimonial, you know, about what a difference Holy Family has made in your family's life for your kiddo, and the thing I always hear from families who transfer in, um, in the majority of them, uh, you know, you see STO, um, the thing that I always hear is, we wish we would have come at kindergarten, or my my child said she wishes we would have just started in kindergarten. You know, that's like over and over and over again. Um, so STO just makes a huge difference. It changes not just a kiddo, but a whole family. And that kiddo, it could be generational impact. You get a kid into Holy Family or some other Catholic school, 
you're not just changing that kid over. That kid's life, you know, that kid becomes an adult and has a family, and then the, the generational impact of that gift uh, from that child, you know, subsequent generations, it's, it's hard to overestimate. So if you think about your job and how much work you've done with FTO with legislatively and with fundraising and that sort of thing, I mean, the generational impact that you've had through this archdiocese is incalculable. That's fantastic. It's a great program, a wonderful opportunity, and we're really lucky in Iowa to be able to have this program. Absolutely. Yeah, super, super fortunate. Um, I want to have some fun. Is there anything that you want to say uh, to our listeners? It's mostly families and my mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Zach's mom. And my mother-in-law. You know, I want to just say every place, you know, with COVID, we're not able to travel around, but whenever I'm on a call or doing a podcast or whatever I'm doing, just to thank parents um, for choosing Catholic education and entrusting us to partner with you. You know, your primary role is, is the development and formation of your children, and it's a tough job, and there's um, it really takes a village um, to raise a child. So just thank you for the sacrifice that you make uh, to be able to send your children to a Catholic school and know what a privilege it is. And just also kudos to all of our teachers and staff. They are doing amazing, amazing, amazing work. Um, and they always do, but in light of these challenges, it's like just compounded. So thank you to the parents and the teachers and the administrators. You all rock. Thanks. That's great. All right, let's have some fun. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. So let's play a game. Um, I haven't played favorites in a while, and we're teachers, so we don't play favorites, but we can play favorites. Um, how would you feel about playing a game called favorites? I name a thing, you tell me your favorite of that thing. Sure. Perfect. Sure. Okay. Uh, I have skipped breakfast, so I'm thinking about food. Favorite ice cream topping? Ooh, hot fudge. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm all about the contrast, right? Like the hot and the cold. Yeah, I, the, the, ch- the chocolate on vanilla. That's, yeah. Yeah. Or I flip that too. I'll go. Um, like marshmallow, like melted marshmallow liquid and stuff on chocolate. Ooh, that sounds good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a reverse. Yeah. Anyway, uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh, um, I like combo because my husband doesn't eat like uh, any of like veggies, like the peppers and olives. Okay. My husband doesn't like any of that, so if I go out for pizza, like with my mom or my sister, yep. then I I love to get the veggies. Okay. Because that's something I don't normally get. Okay. Laura and I usually get well. Probably more often than not, we get veggie with pepperoni. Ooh, yum. Yeah. Um, half black olive. That's my house. Favorite color? Pink. Any reason why? Always been, always been pink. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite like animal for a pet? <laughs> well, I can't pick a favorite because I actually have three right. at my house. But uh-huh. uh, I uh, grew up with big dogs. Mm-hmm. I grew up on a, a farm, small farm. And uh, my husband, though, grew up with Mr. Smouses. So we have always had miniature schnauzers for the last 29 years. <laughs> and we usually have two at a time. So right now we have Wrigley and Parker. Nice. But you our, Cubs fan? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lovable losers. But yeah. 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 Um, but right now we also have our grand puppy because our daughter can't, with the hours that she's working, um, yeah. being an uh, ICU nurse. So we have our grand puppy, and her name is Stella. So we have three, minute, uh, three miniature schnauzers at our house. That's awesome. Um, wait, you said something I wanted to ask you about. Oh, oh, you grew up, where was your farm you grew up? You went to, you went to Resurrection yeah. and Wall, or was it was yeah. like out in the west? Yeah, my, my parents have um, a small, um, like, 80-acre farm out towards Sundown okay. or the Meadows Golf Course, yep. out, way out in the west end, um, out by Asbury. Okay. Uh, what, what kind of farm? 
Um, my father was a contractor, mm -hmm. so this was more of a hobby for him. Hobby time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you know, you know Cedar Rapids? I learned this. I think it's hilarious. Um, and endearing at the same time. Cedar Rapids is the city of five seasons. Yes. Do you know what the fifth season is? Isn't it like recreation? It's time to enjoy the other four. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it's funny. It's actually it's largely why we moved here. I had a, a buddy, uh, a college friend that I stayed in touch with, who asked, you know, how life is, and you know, being a principal, really stressful right now. How are things? Do you have time? And I just said, I keep telling people we moved here for a lot of reasons. I mean, there was there was a call um, to move here. You know, I felt that call. But um, we moved here because just living in the Twin Cities was too much. Was was part of it, right? And we needed time. And it's happened, man. Awesome. Um, I mean, it's, we have more time. So anyway, back to you. Uh, <laughs> favorite season? Uh, fall. Okay. Yep. Our wedding anniversary is in the fall. Um, we love to go driving around looking at leaves. This year they were much better than I thought they were going to be. I'm not Cedar Rapids. Oh, well, not Cedar Rapids. I, I feel like I'm sorry. They're sad this year. Yeah. They, they were surprisingly nice. I um, We live close to Guttenberg, and uh -huh. so that's yeah. where we always we like to go there, uh -huh. um, or if we have time, we'd love to go up to York County, Wisconsin. Yeah. So, we love fall. I love the change of season. Cherry jam. Yeah. Uh, well, we're talking about season. Favorite Halloween candy? You have a... Oh, gosh. Um, anything chocolate. Okay. Snickers. Yeah, kind of mm -hmm. chocolate, caramel, nut kind of gal. Awesome. Uh, how about favorite holiday day? Oh, And you can go holiday or holy day. Yeah. Or both. Take your pick. You know, um... I feel like I should say uh, Christmas or Easter, <laughs> but I really do like Thanksgiving, yeah. and I think it's because that's the one holiday that on both sides of my family, people celebrate with other people, mm -hmm. so it was always the one holiday I could get. It was just my husband and our kids, nice. and so we could just watch movies, and I'd make a turkey and a pie, and it was just low-key, and especially as the kids got older in the high school and college. Just to have like a whole day with your adult children, just alone was just so special. So that's cool. Um, are you aware that you just said one of like the favorite new words that kids say? Oh, what's that? Like, yeah. So we have some kids who listen to this with their parents. Ah. Um, you just said low key. Ah. Okay. Yeah, kids do it all the time. Okay. We even had a um, we had a high school student. She's a junior. She's a junior. Um, on the podcast with her mom who teaches here, and she was chatting just like it was on. She said, "Yeah, so I kind of low key. I'm afraid of." Snakes or whatever. Uh -huh. um, but low key means like, no big deal, just sort of. But it's kind of like a, mm -hmm. it's a filler word, but okay. kids say all the time, low key. Oh, I feel so deaf now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it just added to my list of L words that I can't stand that adolescents say. Like, legit, literally, and now low key. None of those okay. add anything to any sentence. Very well. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been an English teacher. I would have taken people nuts even more than I do. Uh, how about favorite? Do you have know, favorite prayer? Oh, gosh. You know, I do, and it's kind of my go-to prayer, um, and I would say, especially now in the midst of COVID, mm -hmm. um, you know, every single day I'm praying for, I, I pray for all my schools, all my families, all my ministers every single day, but because there's been so many specific requests, um, it's the MRI, yeah. and when you just need to implore Mother Mary's help for a mm -hmm. special intention, I just feel like that's my, my go-to. Yeah. And I try to, when I say the memory, I try to think of somebody very, very specific. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I spent two years in Minnesota, passive aggressive Midwesternism. Um, but I feel like the memoirs like, remember, <laughs> never was known that anyone who asked you for things didn't get it. So, hey. <laughs> that's why it's like my go to when there's something really, yeah. 
really specific. If somebody's really hurting or yeah. needs guidance or grace or, or whatever. That's awesome. Well, and that's the thing I've heard, I've heard you say, and I've heard it said in different ways, and I've echoed it, um, that people need. Now, you had a fourth one recently. Oh. Grace, grit, and gratitude. And God. And God. God yeah. All those are things. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I have been continually saying, you know, people need, at different points throughout of, throughout COVID, I, and even myself included, either it's been a day where I've really needed a lot of grit or I've needed yeah. a lot of grace, either for yeah. myself or to give grace to others, yeah. and gratitude. Um, that in the midst of all this, even though this is really difficult, when on the other side of this, we're going to be judged by how we help one another and help yeah. each other. And I hope that, um, you know, we will be able to be proud of all of our efforts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our kids are going to ask us, what did you do? Or our grandkids are going to ask us, you know, what did you do during that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll demonstrate a lot of great, great gratitude. A couple more here. Do you have a favorite Pope? Um, Pope John Paul II. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think just because, um, I can't remember the, the, the exact age of the King Pope, but I did 78. 78? Yeah. So, in 78, I was in, was I in middle school? Yeah. I would have been in middle school, yeah. Or so, and I just, I just remember, I had the most contact, ongoing contact yeah. and information, and you know, right. um, with that. So I would, I would say he's my favorite. And then I was so blessed. I had a trip of a lifetime, and I got to go to Rome, and I um, and at St. Peter got to see um, his burial. Oh um, uh, yeah. Soon. So awesome. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, when was that? Um, I went visiting Rome like three years ago. Okay. Well, four years, four years ago. Is Pope John XXIII still um, visible? Is he still exhumed and in a glass casket kind of on the right? Yeah, I think, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. One big thing is, I, I Laura and I lived there for about a year, and I spent oh, wow. so much time. I had his, actually, Laura got me his birthday gift before we had moved to Rome. She got me his um, autobiography. I don't know. Oh. Biography. Um, what was it called? My Own Pope or something like that. Uh, about John XXIII, oh, and so I would like wow. read a chapter and just sit there and be like, Oh my gosh, I did not know you lived in Rome for a Oh, year. really? Yeah, yeah, so I flew there abroad undergrad while I was in seminary first semester, and then Laura did the same thing uh, the next academic awesome. year. Um, and then after I taught two years, uh, we went and took a bunch of classes. I got an internship with uh, Vatican and all these oh, beautiful God. experiences you'll never wow. get twice. Um, spent a lot of time with Santa Video. They're a lay cruiser community. Okay. They're helping us friendship with the poor. Just the same thing. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and, and you know, it was like uh, before we had kids, so it was kind of a little yeah. dream. took all these great oh. courses, and yeah. it was awesome. When I went to Rome, um, I talked to people who went there, say, and I was going to be on a very um, short schedule because I was meeting up with a delegation of Catholic educators. Okay. And we um, had meetings at Catholic Gandalfo, the summer home. You had meetings at Catholic Gandalfo? Yeah, we had meetings. So I traveled by myself, and I had one extra, one day ahead of time that I could explore Rome. Yeah. And it ended up, we got to see a lot more Rome than I thought we were going to, because yeah. I thought we were going to be at Catholic Gandalfo for time. But somebody said to me, Rome is one of those places you can't, you, you can't see in 30 years, but you can see in three days. Or something. I did it. That and in three days' time, you get an overview just enough to know you want to go back. But, um, yeah, there's there's so much there, there's years worth of um things to see and do. That's well, I, I have not ever heard it said that way. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, last one we have uh, today's with the 29th, so we got all things to come up in just a few days. Do you have a favorite thing? You know what? My um, 
I had a chance to go to Italy again with my daughter about two years ago. Awesome, I remember that. And we went to Assisi. Yeah. And so St. Clair of Assisi mm-hmm. is the patroness of our cluster parishes, um, oh. of the five parishes that are in cluster, um, and St. Boniface in Indiana is one of them. And so she was our patroness. That was named several years before that, and I really didn't know a lot about her. But I got to um, spend time in the church that honors her in a species. So I would say St. Clair of a species. That's awesome. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff. Hey, that's going to be a wrap. Is there anything else that you want to say to uh, anybody, you know, all three of our listeners? Or <laughs> we, do, we do have loyal listeners. Um, so thanks for tuning in, everybody. Um, anybody, um, anything that you want yeah, to say before yeah. we sign no, off? No, just thank you, and thanks for all that you do, uh, Zach, and all the teachers here at Holy Family School. Thanks. God bless. God bless, everybody. Have a great weekend.